0: Welcome to episode 190 of the Sleeper in the Bus podcast. I am Paul spore once again joined by Eno Saris. Eno, let me ask you first is it Saris or Saris? Uh, the family prefers Saris. Then I'll go with Saris. I'm joined by Eno Saris. Eno, how are you today? I'm doing good. You know, we are Greek,
1: though, so we might be wrong. Um, but uh, doing good. I'm doing good. Um, tomorrow is the opening gala for the um, San Francisco Beer Week. Oh, wow. And, and And I'm interviewing baseball players again tomorrow, the Giants, and on Monday, the A's. And uh, I'd like to personally thank Billy Bean for, uh, in you know, just bringing in a new crop of, of players that I can talk to, <laughs> and personally
0: throw some shade on uh, Brian Sabian for bringing back the same old, same old guys. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he can sign Shields overnight and get him out to San Francisco or something for you. Maybe something like that, but but I doubt it. it yeah, I. There might not be anybody that you've talked to on the A's. You know, you might have literally oh. all new faces there, so that part's pretty cool. Well, Sam, Sam Fold and I are besties, so uh, I'll check in with him. But and, uh, and he's a great interview too, so that 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 one will definitely work. I'll be interested to hear uh, what what he has to say to you this time around. We do have some news, and uh... you know, you're you're having a good day. My day hasn't going so well because for those of you that don't know, I'm a Tigers fan. We're going to dive right into the news here. And we're going to talk about Victor Martinez. News came out today. Torres Meniscus doing workouts. Uh, Anthony Finich of the Detroit Free Press said he spoke to an orthopedic surgeon and says if the cartilage can be trimmed, that's four to six weeks in rehab time. If the cartilage has to be repaired, we're looking at 12 to 16 weeks of rehab time. This is obviously rough, kind of no matter what the way, any way you look at it because of his age and coming off of a huge season. So how are you feeling about Victor Martinez Actually, let me ask you, how did you feel about Victor Martinez prior to this news? Were you one who was kind of shading toward believing in last year? Maybe not as many homers, but kind of back to 20 homer guy. Um, and then with this news, how much do you down him?
1: Well, um, I mean, he's done a lot of 20 homer hitting in his career. So I, I won't, uh, I wouldn't uh, disregard a, a 20 homer run upside. And Steamer and the fans were, were pretty much um, firm agreeing. on 20. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel I feel okay about that. So, you know, and he's a perennial three hundred hitter, makes a lot of contact, um, you know, has some uh kind of throwback uh stats actually with the with the, the walk rate being so high compared to a strikeout rate and um the contact rate just being so great. So I mean I I, I love him, you know, I just uh you know, as as a first baseman Actually, these days, with average down so much, his value has actually gone up with respect. So he's a, he's a, a very good first baseman, and this is uh, this is unfortunate. Maybe it won't be be such a big deal in the end, um, but uh, it is a little bit unfortunate. It, the good news is he doesn't rely on his speed for his yeah. batting.
0: Absolutely. And and you do mention first base for those that maybe are unaware, he's no longer the, the, the DH only He got 35 games at first last year. So he will be in that first base pool. And then you made a great point with regards to that batting average being so high, especially compared to the league context, maybe even if he doesn't have that that kind of elite power with 32 homers. He's still really pretty high up there, and yeah, he's 36. Now, the the one big monkey wrench with regards to this is the the previous injury, Uh, so we don't really know here. That was just some timetables thrown out. Dabrowski and company for the Tigers said they're not going to really know anything until the surgery's done for Victor, but uh, it's a tough blow. Obviously, that AL Central has really kind of beefed up, so any kind of damage to the Tigers is really putting them in danger of, of losing that throne. I believe they've won four in a row, going for number five, and and it'll be tough if they don't have him. They need Victor Martinez. Um, the other last, big – oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead.
1: Last year, my big, uh, uh, my big call in the AL uh, was uh, – I was taking the Indians over the Tigers, and I got yelled at for that, but – uh, I think I might have just been a year ahead of, ahead I, of the pack.
0: I couldn't agree more, and and, and that's then, unfortunate. Uh, again, as a Tigers fan, but uh, if I'm being, <laughs> if I'm just being honest and and not you know trying to throw my 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 favorite team bias in there, I'm right there with you. I'm looking at that Indians club, and I'm like, damn, that is a good club, top to bottom.
1: I and mean, you know, people have made some jokes about um, who's you know going to end up um, platooning at DH uh, with Victor out. Uh, but I think the winner is actually... and I'm interested in what you have to say on this as you follow him closer. I would say the winner is Rajai Davis. Yes, um, absolutely. Because, you know, Rajai is best used as a platoon uh, guy against lefties in particular, mm-hmm. but he's, you know, cromulent enough that you can throw him out there. He's, you know, uh, could be average-ish um, overall. Um, and I think that, I think you would end up Playing Rajai in the field more, and probably um, JD Martinez does some deaging. So that
0: is hundred percent correct, and exactly how I would see it. If if this really pushes into the regular season, and and Martinez is slated to miss some time. It is. It has to be Rajay Davis because you look at that bench, and who else would you really take right right now? Roster resource has the bench as Brian Holiday, the backup catcher, Aaron Perez, a utility infielder, Andrew Romine, another utility infielder, and Davis. So unless somebody kind of emerges out of spring training, be it a Tyler Collins or a Stephen Moya, uh, then well- maybe you could see it. But Moya's probably not ready
1: yeah okay so that's I was wondering what you thought of that and and Collins is closer but not as exciting
0: exactly that that is exactly it uh, definitely somebody who who I, I would put ahead if I if I was picking a guy today but nowhere near the excitement of, of a moya but at that point if you did put a moya on the team. And then you do have a platoon at, at DH at that point. You go Moya and Davis, and it's not so bad. And then, like you said, Davis would go out to left, Cespedes back to right, and then Martinez would probably be the one DHing at that point. So even if he does miss, say, the first couple weeks of the season, it's not going to crush the Tigers. You, the only point that it really, really, really hurts them is if it's some significant multiple-month injury.
1: microfracture or something. Yes. But um, have you watched Moya some? I mean yes. – I. I you know, the, just from looking at his stat line, it looks like uh, a, a, not a great approach to the plate, but a lot of power and a, lot of, and a decent amount of speed. Is he just an athletic guy, or what's going
0: on there? He's an athletic beast, is, a, is what it is. And you know that word gets thrown around a lot now, uh, mainly because of Marshawn Lynch and beast mode. But <laughs> at six six two thirty, probably even a little bit more weight than that, if if I was really judging off of what I've seen from him. He is actually a hulking beast up there. And like sure. you said, he's got the pop. He sells out for that pop. He can't hit lefties to save his life right now. Um, so that that is obviously the biggest problem. But he's really young too. So you're talking about a guy who hasn't – hit triple-a yet he's only 23 so they'd be forcing a lot out of him to even kind of put him in that situation but i do think there's some real excitement there obviously some things need to come together for him but uh this would open up an opportunity even if it was just kind of a two week little sample there if he goes out and has a good spring maybe shows some more patience then, then he could be that guy who's the real benefactor. Davis would still be part of the bene, uh, beneficiary there, but it would be uh, somebody like a Moya stepping up and, and getting maybe, like I said, two, three weeks could do, could do some damage there. Maybe, what, f- four or five homers? Doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it could be pretty interesting. At that point, then maybe they say, hey, are you ready to stick around? So it, it's all speculation right now. We've really got to have Victor go under the knife, figure out what's up, And then kind of take it from there. But I think everything that you've said is exactly how I'd see it playing out.
1: Yeah, I guess the only, the only like you know, crazy things happen in baseball. So if if you want to describe the crazy in Detroit, it might be, um, you know, Moya gets a chance, and either JD Martinez or Anthony goes, um, just poops the bed while Moya is playing well, and then when Victor comes back. All of a sudden, Moya is actually, you know, going to stay on the team, mm-hmm. and one of Martinez or, or Ghost, um, you know, goes to the bench or to the minors, actually.
0: And and, and that's obviously possible too, because Ghost. I mean, he's a defense guy, but he hasn't shown the ability to hit too well just yet. So then, at that point, you still have that Davis Moya platoon. Um, I'm not sure. It would be interesting at that point because then I'm not sure who would play center when moron. when Davis isn't out, uh, you know, when Davis isn't playing. So, like you said, crazy things happen in baseball. I really just hope that we go for no craziness here. Martinez gets healthy, gets back in the lineup. Uh, that's what I'm praying for, but uh, we have to kind of wait and see on that one. Let's talk about another big injury. Well, I, I'm not even going to say it's that big of an injury, especially on the fantasy landscape, because this guy's value has already been kind of tanked. But uh, Josh Hamilton, he has already had his surgery on his shoulder. We're looking at six to eight weeks. This boosts a, a trio of players, CJ Kron, uh Matt Joyce, and Colin Cowgill. So who do you like best out of that crew there? And then we'll, and then we'll get into Hamilton with regards to how you feel about him uh, going forward.
1: Well who do I like best uh compared to how I liked them you Pro- know, last week
0: yes exactly
1: um you know who who I think gets the biggest boss is probably Kron because uh or crone, however you say it because
0: crone I, I I had that wrong there
1: okay, so crony um crony'
0: <laughs> <He is laughs> a
1: Y. through that Y on there um was probably slated to uh, have the wrong side of a DH platoon with Joyce mm-hmm. But Joyce is not a terrible outfielder. So I think Joyce goes to the outfield um, in Hamilton's spot. I doubt that they play him against lefties just because, um, you know, Hamilton's out. So um, I think Calhoun's a full-time outfielder. Trout's a full-time outfielder. Who's, Joyce is who, Who's that two- second
0: guy? Trout? Trout? <laughs> I, I don't know who that oh, – we'll cover him later. I don't know that guy. I'm kidding, <laughs> obviously. Uh, and then uh, then
1: but, yeah, Joyce,
0: I, I think it's Joyce and Calgill – platooning in the outfield and then and then crone is is the full-time dh while hamilton's down do you see it that way
1: i think so too and i think you know um it's hard to know i think that uh personally this this could last a little bit longer hamilton's you know a little bit older than people think and mm-hmm. it's taken a little while to to get here and so and and, and capsule surgeries sometimes aren't a big deal but sometimes are for pitchers they're a huge deal um for hitters uh there's been some that have, have have hit the ground running and some that have had problems with it so um you know i think uh you know you kind of i would value Crone as a 260 250 260 guy with you know 15 you know 12 to 15 homers and you know there's a significant possibility that um he plays his way into a sort of uh, a pretty decent role i think
0: the the, the fans and steamer are are way apart there but that's cuz steamer has him basically kind of emulating last year's playing time which was only 253 plate appearances steamer's only got him up at 297 so i i, do, I don't know do they adjust those as news comes out or are those kind of set as is because i no, imagine uh, he should get a boost
1: they're they're based on our depth charts and and um If you look at our death charts right now, we've got Crone backing up at first for 140 plate appearances, Mm -hmm. um, and playing uh, 175 plate appearances at DH. I mean, six to eight weeks as a timetable, um, you know, brings uh, him back almost in time for the for the beginning of the regular season.
0: But then he probably needs. First off,
1: I'm sure he needs some time, but in terms of like rejiggering a depth chart where you're trying to think of the whole year. Yeah. Um that's fair. You, know, you may not uh you like what's well how much plate appearances would you give CJ crone if he was only a versus lefties D H? Yeah. You probably give him maybe two hundred plate appearances. Yeah, and- not
0: four hundred and
1: thirty two like the fans like <laughs> the
0: fans gave him. So it looks like the fans are 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 pretty aggressive there. And obviously I doubt that all those projections came in after this news. So yeah, I think I think you're right. That, that needs to be tempered because the timetable right now is six to eight weeks. Even though you and I agree with you, suggest that. It could be longer, but we don't know that yet. So you're right. You can't go in and just start making vast adjustments. Joyce is an interesting one to me because this was a guy who'd really shown himself to be quite a threat against righties. You know, he he was popping double digits, you know, mid teens for three straight years 16, 14, and 16. That's from 2011 to 2013. And then Matt Joyce last year hits just eight homers against righties. The power evaporated. So, I think he can probably get some of that pop back, and then all of a sudden you're looking at him uh, getting a pretty substantial boost from this if it if it extends longer, um, and then he, he doesn't have to worry about anything but just getting all of those against righties at bats. So I I kind of like Joyce here. I, I'm not I'm not saying that this move necessarily inflates his value, but overall just the move to LA here and being part of this club, I, I kind of like it. Now with Hamilton out. The, the big boost for Joyce is his batting position because now he'll bat fifth and that is a nice place to be behind Calhoun, Ibar, Trout and Pujols. That, that's a, that's some run uh, knocking in opportunities there. I, I, I kind of like him for that aspect.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird. He, he's never hit more ground balls and fly balls than he did that last year. So um, yeah, it, it gave him the best BABIP of his career and, you know, the best batting average of his last three years. But I think the Angels would probably rather he hit 240 with 20 homers rather yes. than 250 with 9 homers.
0: I, I wonder, was he hurt at all that? I mean, he played 140 games, so uh, which is what he played in 2013, too. That's not necessarily an injury because he is a platoon guy. So he was still out there playing. I don't know if he was playing through anything. I'll have to ask Colette on that because, you know, a career-worst 7.6 homer to fly ball rate is just – it really stands out as as kind of an outlier poor season and i think it's reasonable to expect him to get at least somewhat better if not recapture all of what he did in his late 20s prior to last year so joyce is someone i'm looking at again not necessarily because of this but the big part of this injury uh is that he could be moved up in the lineup and then maybe if he holds that spot because there's no reason to automatically slot Hamilton back into the fifth slot when he comes back because he was terrible before. So I do want to talk about him now. Like, how are you valuing him going forward? Um, I, I don't know that it probably changed too much for you because I, I don't know if you were that high on him. I certainly wasn't. This just kind of – I had a I had like a red mark through him on my list. <laughs> now I put two red marks through him. I mean it's just – I'm not interested in him this year. Yeah. I'm
1: always interested in a guy where, you know, it seems like we've all moved on. Um, and, you know, it certainly he's like my I reference a lot. Someone in my chat asked me, how many non-pros play in 20-team, 28-keeper uh, leagues? <laughs> uh, and I said, I don't know. Some of you guys are in onlys. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, you know, there was a potential. I, I considered him in my uh, AL only score sheet. Um, and uh, And I considered him in this 20-team league just because – it's really hard to trade for hitting a lot of times, you know? Yeah. And I, and I almost always have tons of pitching, and I'm always trying to pitch, uh, trade pitching for hitting, and people are always, you know, telling me no, because I myself, by being able to find good pitching, have devalued pitching in our
0: leagues. That, um, that does make sense. I, and we talked about this last episode. There's a price <laughs> for everybody. I, I've got that. But uh, I just – the- <laughs> it's hard to get excited about <laughs> Hamilton at this point.
1: I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You know, he, he's kind of funny because he's, even with all his flaws, he's managed to have, group, like, not, I'd say almost great Babbitt. I mean, he's a really good Babbitt guy. He's a really, he hits the ball hard at, when he puts it in play. Uh, he's a powerful guy. And, um, you know, at least when he's up against righties, um, he, you know, he could be a good platoon. I, I was thinking about a little bit harder in score sheet where there's a lot of platoons. Okay. And I thought, you know, here's a guy who could come in, and play against righties. Right now, uh, he's he's basically dwindled all the way down to maybe I'll pick him up in the end game of my score. You're in my score sheet league. So maybe I'll pick him <laughs> up. I know you won't pick him up. Maybe I'll pick him up to be a platoon outfielder in our uh, AL 12-team AL-only score sheet. Yeah, so. you, you
0: know you've cleared at least one potential suitor for him there, (laughs) uh, as I I am backing off there. Plus, as we already know from the trade that you and I did, I'm already kind of looking toward next year. i got to kind of just start piling (laughs) up assets and move toward. (laughs) What's that? Hamilton's not going to help you as a keeper for 2016. Not somebody that I'm building my club around at that point. (laughs) <laughs> no, not at all. All right, we got a few other things quickly on the news and then we'll dive back into the team previews. We'll finish up the AL East today. Philly and and Milwaukee are still talking about a Papel bond trade. I'm, I'm less interested in Papelbon overall here. What I want to know with regards to this is how high you would slot Ken Giles if Papelbon is moved, because I assume it's an automatic slam dunk that Giles would at least start with the role uh, as closer. And he's impressed a lot of folks last year. He's kind of a chic sleeper. How are you seeing Mr. 100? And that's for his miles per hour, which he can hit regularly.
1: Well, I mean, I think the one thing that we uh, can't forget Is uh, that he actually used to have uh, a little trouble with the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so, you know, it's not, he's not a a slam dunk in that, you know, there are flaws here in this game. And 14% walk
0: rate in the minors.
1: Yeah, there you go. And uh, he looked great last year. I think probably a little bit of, you know, chuck and duck where he just, Kind of let you know, me aim for the middle of the zone and and throw it real hard and average 97 and he has I mean the breakers nice too I mean I think he led the AFL TrackMan doesn't release their data for the regular season because it's proprietary and the teams own it but in the AFL we always get a track a TrackMan data dump mm-hmm. um, where we get to see the stuff that we don't get to see normally and when Giles was playing in the AFL he actually uh, led the AFL in spin rate oh okay uh, in 2013 so that slider that he throws is like. Uh, is sizzling as, as you would say um, and um, you know and and also by swinging strike rate which you know I think I like that as a um, uh, stuff as an easy stuff metric it's a great to look at uh, top seven among relievers last year yeah. uh, and the guys above him Chapman, Wayhara, Benoit, Kimbrell, Jansen, Cecil, Giles, Doolittle I mean it's it's a nice place to be um, amazing that Doolittle does that with uh, so many fastballs. But right? anyway, uh, Giles is right there, and uh, I, you know, and there's been, it's a lot easier to hide a command problem in the
0: bullpen. So exactly, um, you, you know, and if they're not hitting it, even if you do, even if the walk rate did jump back up, he got it down to 2.2 um, on on the walks per nine. Uh, I was sorry, I was at Baseball Reference there, so I didn't have the percentage. That would be. A six point six percent. So even if he's if he's up and, and it's not great at say a ten percent walk rate, if they're not hitting the ball and they only hit four point nine hits uh, per nine innings, you can hide that like you said. So I kind of want the trade to happen just because it kind of adds another potentially elite closer to the mix.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let me see if um, let me see what we got here. Let's see if I can do pitchers. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm not sure it will give me this.
0: What are you looking for?
1: How 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 amazing uh, he could
0: be if he doesn't walk anybody for a full year?
1: I wanted uh, strikeout percentage um, as a projection, um, but uh, they only have strikeouts for nine.
0: Uh, but, Ste- Steamer put him at a 31%. Yeah,
1: I know, but I wanted a leaderboard.
0: Uh, oh, okay okay anyway,
1: yeah. uh, strikeouts for nine uh, a little bit uh, wonky to use in his case because the more walks you the more people you walk, the more chances you get at a exactly. strikeout you know, but anyway uh, Giles top 10 again Chapman Kimbrell, Miller, Jansen, Boxberger, Betances, Holland Giles Oof. so uh, I think he immediately becomes a name that I'm going to be targeting just because uh, I think he has a very high potential for you know a top five reliever season and i doubt he'll cost a top five you know there's not a chance i mean helium helium gets to people sometimes but still true but i
0: don't think it would push him up quite that far even with some some potentially elite guys kind of going down with doolittle's injury and and jake mcgee's injury two guys that that you know were kind of climbing as well i I agree with you he is ken giles is somebody i would be targeting right away if papal bond is moved so we got to stay tuned to that a couple other things here uh, White Sox officially had to cut Diane They designated him, couldn't find a trade. He was in trade rumors with Seattle earlier in the offseason. He should latch on somewhere as no less than a short end platoon guy. Talking about a guy who hit 291, 331, 507. That's his triple slash. With 21 bombs in 487 plate appearances against lefties. Now, I know a short side platoon guy doesn't have a lot of fantasy value necessarily a lot of fantasy intrigue but we were just talking about deeper leagues that's where he would become somebody that could be useful especially if he went to say another nice park like he was with the white Sox. how do you feel about viciedo and i, I might add before you before you speak on him he is still young i guess there's at least a small chance at 20 26 that he figures out some way to be at least capable or as you you used a great word earlier cromulent against mm-hmm. righties and then all of a sudden becomes a full-time player somewhere that wouldn't be too bad I mean but right now it's 679 OPS in his career against righties so it's been rough but maybe if he got back to that 738 OPS that he had in 2013 maybe Diane Bisciato is uh you know deep 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 league sleeper I don't know I, I've liked him a long time so I got a little bit of bias toward him I don't know how you feel about him what, what, what's the word on on the tank as they call him <laughs> 511 240 that that is a tank <laughs>
1: I mean, the the, the only above-average skill that leaps out of his career line is, is the power. But power is I, – I actually did a piece for Fox this year where I looked at one-skill players, <laughs> uh, and I looked at uh, speed only, defense only, um, and power only. And, of course, power only was the one that did the best because – I
0: like that I like that series, by the way. I, re- I recall that series.
1: Because, I mean, power only, that's the only thing where you can have a guy on the bench – you know, or or a guy that you you play like Mike Morse, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't really do anything for you in any other facet of the game. But you know, if he hits pops a couple homers for you, then um, then you're then you're good to go. So Viciedo, uh I think, is a major leaguer. He will be again. But yeah. I I I don't know. I think that the platoon splits are pretty severe. He doesn't really add any value um, in terms of play discipline. Um, and uh, and I know this. That the white the White Sox were shopping him hard, big time, and um, that teams even a team like Seattle said no. Yeah, um, whatever
0: the asking price was, they said no. But now that he's free, somebody's going to jump in and say, "Hey, well, well, we'll give you a look here." So that that part, I mean,
1: <laughs> I just don't see anybody that really has a. I mean, like I think that the, the you know the A's were mentioned, and they can they always find a way to like use guys like that. Um, and, uh, the Mariners, uh, but Baltimore you know, could have been a-
0: cool before they got Snyder.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but even there they have Pierce as the righty, right? So,
0: oh yeah. Um, well, I, sorry, I was going off roster resource, which has, uh, Pierce as a full-time DH and then Diaz is looking for a platoon partner. So that, that's where I just, was figuring there. Oh, Cause then it would have been basically I reuniting see. their platoon from, from the White Sox. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, that, no, actually, that's a pretty good one, actually. Uh, and we know that the, uh, I mean, we know that, for example, the Orioles were talking to the Red Sox about Craig. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a righty. Um, and, uh, you know, it, for the uh, A's, they're always willing to look past certain uh, flaws, and they've got a full gentry platoon in left. Not mm-hmm. um, a lot I of just, pop there. Yeah, the, the one thing that... that Makes me worried is that I'm I'm not sure I see a forty like a 25 or 40 man dropper um, because I do think they want to see what Mark Khanha
0: can do that exactly rule the Rule Five scoop that um, that that's that's exactly what I was going to say is that he might he, that role might already be being filled by Kana because they want to see what he can do and obviously they can't get rid of him as a Rule Five guy or else he has to go back to the Marlins
1: yeah and he's a righty so it's that's exactly the spot right there so if, if being just decides that his rejection for, for Vicieto is better than Kanha, then I, you know, he's he's definitely a wheeler and dealer and he'll he'll make that decision quickly and, and pounce. But um otherwise uh you know maybe a team like the Diamondbacks um just looking to sort of fill a roster spot um until uh Tomas uh comes back. I mean they 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 can fill it anyway with you know their Peralta and sort of combination but um, you know, maybe they just cut bait on Cody Ross and, and, and bet that Vecieto recovers something. That that could happen in, that in could Arizona. That could be
0: interesting. I, li- I like that. Maybe they could get Vicieto to catch because Tuffy Gosiewicz, who I do- I'm not 100% <laughs> certain is a real human being, he is slated <laughs> to be their full-time catcher right now with the Rule 5 Oscar Hernandez as the backup. It's a dire situation there. So maybe they're teaching Diane Vecieto how to catch. I don't know. Um, James Shields, obviously huge you know the, the biggest guy out there still waiting for him to sign. Kind of every day, Cubs are kicking the tires there. Where do you have him going? You know,
1: I mean, I think he makes a lot of sense for the Blue Jays. I mean, with, with Norris and and I, I, I've been I've been saying Padres in my chats just because um, they they haven't done anything in a while. But <laughs> uh, you know, if you look at the top, uh, you look at the top, you know, 10, 15 teams. Uh, in a, by our projections, the lowest uh, pitching war is, is the Blue Jays. Uh, I mean, the Athletics, but uh, you know they're not going to do that, yeah. and the Pirates uh, otherwise. But though there might be some uh, also some park effect things going on there uh, for the Pirates and the A's because I don't think of them generally as having weaker staffs. So. Um, we always know that Fangraphs pitching war has some quirks, but uh, the Blue Jays. I think you know if you start listing these staffs, Red Sox, National. I mean, Nationals. Come on, Dodgers. They're fine. Uh, Mariners. They could do it, but they have um, they have the personnel right now. I think.
0: Yeah, the, Cardinals- the need isn't necessarily there. They they could do it, and and it would work, and it would really boost their club. But I think their money and and resources would be better spent elsewhere. To be honest.
1: Yeah, and the Cardinals are deep as all hell and the tigers um you know traded for young pitching or cheap pitching and the indians have eight pitchers that i like and uh the royals don't seem to you know i mean i guess the royals could be a dark horse that and then the yankees i guess because they have a bunch of injury prone guys so i'd say yankees or blue jays and it just makes the most sense for me for blue jays because they've got that norris sanchez spot you know the fifth starting spot in the rotation if they just put Shields there then, you know, I think everything looks a little better. I think then, you know, they already look – I already like them as a team. But, um, you know, you put you put, uh, you put uh, Shields there, then all of a sudden uh, if Drew Hutchinson falls back or when one of the – you know, Burley never gets hurt and, Dick, and dickie has been good for a while, but when one of those guys gets hurt, um, you're plugging in a, a hot young rookie instead of – Sort of depending on a hot young rookie
0: exactly no i I think that's that's smart there, as much as I like those two youngsters, Aaron Sanchez and Daniel Norris, relying on them when you're trying to be a contender probably isn't the best thing there, so that's a that's a good one I hadn't thought of, so James shields to Toronto let's book it uh the, but like I said, cubs kicking the tires we'll see what happens there
1: not great not great for james shields value though, that's but.
0: that's true, but um Yeah, if we're talking real baseball, it would definitely help the Jays, but it would not be great for for his fantasy value, unfortunately. I'm going to be interested to see where he goes this year. I think uh, kind of the baseball community as a whole has soured on him, and that's why he's still out there. Um, A guy who nobody's soured on yet because they haven't had a chance to. And and if we were a baseball-only podcast as opposed to a fantasy baseball podcast, this news probably would have led the show. But it's just not that relevant just yet. Yoan Moncada has been declared a free agent. There's virtually no fantasy impact uh, for 2015 short of dynasty leagues. What do you know about this guy and how do you feel about him? I, I'm sure you don't know a ton outside of what you read from our own Kylie McDaniel and, and everyone else, but how do you feel about Moncada?
1: I mean, I, I'm I, I'm, I think that uh, Tomas uh, Guerrero, um, uh, Morena, And to some extent, Castillo, those guys are the place. I'm looking for the sort of high profile bus and out of the Cuban market. It's not, uh, uh it just, the way the numbers that people are, 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 throwing out there, uh, the descriptions of him as, as a sort of switch hitting in the Puig. Um, that's, uh, for me to, 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 to be as excited as, um, You know, there's not equivalent in fantasy either. In most dynasty leagues I've seen, where do this blow your minor league budget to get Moncada situation that's happening right now? I mean, people are going to go out there and spend $40 million on him um, and take themselves out of the market for two years after that just to get him. And uh, there's not really, I can't, you know, I guess you could trade for a number one prospect uh, pick in a prospect draft. you know would would you trade an Adam Wainwright uh, for a prospect and the number one prospect pick in order to get Moncada?
0: Oh, it depends who the prospect was, but I'm mostly a play now na- play for now guy, so it'd be tough, but you picked a name. That I'm kind of down on compared to the rest of the community, so I think I think you found my sweet spot there. Particularly if that if that prospect is a hitter too, because I like prospects, uh, I like hitting prospects there. So then I'd be getting two hitting prospects. I think I might do it. Obviously, a lot of context that could change that, but just as is in that scenario, I think I would do that. That'd be very in, that'd be very interesting to me. How about yeah,
1: like you? Amid like a mid 100, like like an Aaron Judge, like not you know not I'm not asking for your Chris Bryant plus Juan Moncada, but like, you know, if you gave me Aaron Judge in the number one pick, and I knew it was Moncada, I mean that's two nice hitters. Exactly. And, and I've been telling everybody to trade Wainwright, and and I always feel like I can get pitching, so I think I might do that. I mean that's that's sort of where I'm, I, I would be looking to do. An um, um, you know, equivalent of what the major league teams are going to do.
0: I'm personally pulling for an NL club. Um, I'm in a league where they pay out four spots, but then the fifth fifth place gets the first minor league pick. So mm. I, I finished fifth, unfortunately. I tried to make a charge into the money, so I'm really hoping for for an NL club. Don't really care who it is. I mean, th- with the with the way they describe him, I don't even care if it's the Padres because it seems like this guy's going to hit wherever he goes. So. Doesn't matter where, as long as it's NL. Um, if it can't be the Tigers, of course, because uh, my favorite team getting them would be sweet. But uh, what's that? Everyone's saying Yankees, right? Yeah, and and you know, it, it's probably going to be one of those big spenders because you got to pay that 100% tax. But uh, I'm interested to see, you know, and it didn't take Puig terribly long to get up. So if they're talking about a guy who who is Puig-esque. Uh, but in the infield, then then maybe maybe I have undersold what his impact could be for 2015, but I think I heard some of the minor league folks over at Baseball America on the MLB network saying that he would probably go to high A right off the bat here, so he wouldn't necessarily be making a 2015 major league impact, but yeah. but but you never know, like you said at the outset of the show, crazy stuff happens in baseball. If he goes and just rips apart the league, all of a sudden he's at triple A by July and knocking on the door of whatever club he's for. Who knows? I, I'm not projecting like, that he, though.
1: Personally, said that he's gonna go to the team that uh, convinces him they're gonna, uh, you know, move him the most aggressive. That, that, he wants that. That's his goal is to get to the major leagues as quickly as possible. But yeah, I mean, he's 19. So I think uh, there have been very few teenagers in baseball. And uh, exactly. I think, uh, I think you, you, you'd expect him to be 21, at least before he got up.
0: Exactly. So uh, but yeah, you dynasty leaguers. I know you're all vying for your first pick now to try to get him. Let's jump into some team by team previews. You mentioned the Yankees here. Let's start with them. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper than we were able to with Boston and Baltimore here. Uh, We're going to start the way we did with the last two teams, though. Who is your favorite hitter at their current cost on the Yankees?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I'm cheating because I know where you're going, and I and I like and, it too. But um, and it's okay I'll go, if you
0: pick the same one. But nah, I'll go
1: where i go. I swear, there's 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 at least one other name that I like on this team. I like Brett Gardner. Okay. Um, you know, at uh, at 31, I don't think you know the type of stealing he's doing now. You know, I think he can manage another 20 steal season. Um, I I think that some of the power gains were for real. Um. And uh, there's been a sort of whittling away of his ground ball per fly ball rate. It's not uh, like with Joyce where he was like always 0. 0.8 and then all of a sudden started hitting more uh, more ground uh, more ground balls and fly balls. Uh, Gardner's uh, there's a trajectory here where like every year he's hit a few more fly balls, and that actually um, that actually is something I saw in the aging curves that hitters uh, hit fewer ground balls as they as they age. Oh, interesting. Uh, so-
0: until a certain point
1: at which um, their bat slows and I guess they start beating it back into the ground. Yeah, again, and that's but.
0: all they hit because, uh, and they don't go out of the infield at that point. Um, right. I'm really glad you brought him up because I was going to put a specific question about him there. And you basically answered all the questions I wanted to ask you there. I was going to ask you how legitimate the power was and, and basically what you kind of saw from him. Now, I believe he had a tough second half. Um, where he was selling out for uh, well, I say tough, but that's, that's not probably the right word. He did hit 10 homers, but the average was 220. Can he keep some of the power gains but also get a little bit back toward uh, his batting average? I wouldn't say batting average prowess, but the batting average kind of used to be solid. Do you think he's going to be more of this 250s hitter with the pop or can the pop be there while also still hitting in the 270s?
1: Uh, he's not, he's not going to be a great asset when it comes to batting average. I think he can hit 270 or something, but he's, he's another one of these infill fly guys. He actually has a, a 4.3% uh, infill, uh, pop-up rate for his career, and uh, the average around 3.5. So that that's, uh, doesn't seem like a big difference, but that the spread isn't huge there um, when it comes to pop-up rate. And also, uh, those are all outs. I mean, that's, you know, every, every percentage point above 3.5 is, is an out that uh, other people aren't, aren't getting. So, um, you know, 99% out. So uh, I think, um, you know, there's a possibility that he's mitigating a little bit with the different uh, this is different swing plane. Um, but um, I think in general, I mean, he, he has decent line drive numbers for his career. They're, they're, they're all, uh, you know, mostly the last three years in particular are above average um and uh and so i think he can he is a line drive hitter there's just every once in a while he gets fooled on something he's you know joey Votto told me that um the infield fly comes uh on the ball in the hands um and he said that the that there are some pitchers who can hit that spot and um you know he being joey Votto just doesn't swing at it Mm -hmm. um but um you know, that is also a strike. He admitted that. So if the pitcher can hit that place over and over again, it's a called strike territory right there. Uh, Maybe Gardner has a thing for for swinging at those, or maybe he's just decided he'd rather swing at those than take a called strike. For whatever reason, he's had the the high pop-up rates, um, you know, 265 career average, 2,800 plate appearances. So I'll give him the 260 average. I'll give him, you know, the the, the steamer projections of 12 homers, some people might say, I don't like that number because he he never hit that before. I'm going to take that number. Uh, 12, 13 homers, 20 stone bases. I mean, it's just the kind of stuff where, you know, it's not going to add up to anything where anybody wants to buy him.
0: Well... Uh- what, it's, what,
1: it's a kind of a Jennings package in a
0: way. Yeah, and what it is with a guy like Gardner is that the bottom line adds up to something nice, but when you look at the individual components, they don't necessarily jump out at you, and that's where you can get some of the value. Michael Brantley was a guy like that before his big breakout. I'm not suggesting that Gardner's going to have that kind of breakout. I'm saying when they're at that level, and you mentioned Jennings as another guy – you add up all the pieces, and that's where you get the get the value. But you don't look at the, one of the singular skills and say, "Oh, he's going to carry me here," or "He's he's making a huge impact." Because even 20 stone bases, that's nice, but it's not like. You know, setting you up for major success and in, in stolen bases there. Um, he's going off right now as the 40th outfielder off the board. Pretty decent value there too. So, and if you're in an OBP league, this is a guy who's shown he can take a walk. Now his rates are down from where they used to be when he first kind of broke in. He was in double digits, but even the last two years at nine percent. When you round up, eight and a half, eight point eight. That's still pretty solid. So, n- not a bad pick there. Um, for me, I like Chase Headley. I, I think that. The, the price hasn't really gone up that much even though he's now finally out of San Diego full-time which is what people have been wanting forever for him and you know he didn't he didn't light the world up when he went to New York but I I just I, I like this guy for some reason I don't even know I can't even pinpoint exactly why I like him but I, I actually think he's kind of another one of those guys where doesn't do any singular thing extremely well except for that one 2012 season when he hit 31 homers with 115ribbies. But you get a decent amount of pop, which I think is bound to go up here, 13 the last two years. I think he's easily hitting in the upper teens, if not into the lower 20s this year. And then a, a handful of steals. I'm not sure how the county numbers are going to be. We'll see how that lineup plays. But I do think the batting average can start to come back a bit too, 250, 243 the last two years. He hit 262 with the Yankees. So Chase Headley, for me, is a guy that I, I like a decent bit. I look at the steamer numbers, 17 Homers, sixty-eight ribbies and two fifty-seven. That's perfectly fine, but I also think there's some upside from that, even at even at age thirty-one. How do you feel about Headley?
1: Yeah, I, I like him actually. I, I, you know, I was when I when I saw that, I said, okay, yeah, duh. you know, you <laughs> yeah. took him, took him, you bastard. Um, but uh, you know, just on on Steamer without um, without you know doing mucking about with his uh, numbers, we've got him as the nine twelve. 13. about 15th uh, third baseman so that's a corner infield guy but um and he, it's about you know an 8 dollar guy and he's uh,
0: 20th off the board so you know w- w- when we're doing these guys we're doing them we're saying this is what we like them at their current cost and as the 20th guy if he can be in that in that mid teens area like I said, there's upside for even a little bit more there. Probably, I think yeah. he could creep into the 20s, but here, here's what
1: the here's what why uh, I think this here's why I agree with you in particular about that point that there's upside beyond these steamer projections, which are already pretty nice in terms of 20 homers and and six seven stolen bases, 260 average. That's already we already showed that's a good a good value. Um, you know, his away people say his away ISOs aren't that great, but they're all uh, you know if you sum them all up above average. So that's his career uh, away, isolated slugging percentage is 155. Um, you know that's better than his uh, 144 career number um, overall, and uh, much better than the numbers he you saw in uh, some of those years in, in San Diego. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what he's projected for in Steamer. Uh, so that's that's good. But there's a one last wrinkle. Uh, when I talked to to Headley in 2013 about his 30 homer season, and I said to him. Uh, you know what what the heck happened, dude? Uh, and he said, uh, you know, I, I I had gone away from being a pull fly ball guy or, or, or from pulling and fl- or hitting fly balls at all uh, because um, of this park, mm-hmm. you know, because I because I was I was afraid of this park and uh, and so he, he you know, he came up afraid of, of Petco And he and he hit more ground balls every year and he sprayed it more and he, you know, didn't really go for pull pull uh, homers anymore. And then he just said, screw it. I'm, you know, I'm tired of this and uh, I'm just going to I'm going to, you know, I guess you'd say sell out for power. So what that says to me is that this is a guy who's aware of his surroundings. Um, There was uh, pretty much a substantiated rumor uh, that he had uh, more money on the table from Oakland. Um, and that he took uh, he took less money to go to New York. And so what I'm saying is, this is a guy who likes what he saw in New York. Yep. Um, and is uh, is suited to take advantage of it. And in the past, has shown that he thinks about his home park when it comes to his approach to the game. Um, so I, you know, I do think uh, we've obviously seen him hit 31 homers before. I'm not saying he's going to do it again, but um, you know, it's, it's not at all. Uh, out of the realm of possibilities, he hits 23, 24, 25 homers next year.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested in him. Let's jump to the mound. Who do you, who do you like there?
1: Um, it's an interesting collection. I mean, it's – It it's, really is, to say the least. You know, over the, the map. I know there's a guy that uh, you've liked in the past, and we've both written about a lot mm-hmm. um, in Eovaldi. And, um, you know, honestly, I, I think, uh, you know, somebody asked me today – um, you know if I had hope for his, his change and I don't really uh, not anymore I'm tired of it and uh, what what I would
0: say is I have hope for his his curve exactly uh, I've, I've said the same uh, in different spots as well
1: it's a big old curve I mean it's a it's a big old honking curve <laughs> and in those, uh, those 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 uh, those have reverse platoon splits um, it's a totally different sp- speed than his other three he would be at 76 86 96 um, you know with with things going in different directions, I mean, I, I just think he needs to uh, make a definitive des- decision. I also know that um, the Yankees are all about that sort of thing, um, and they've made some changes to other people in the past. And they had they had a plan for uh, Brandon McCarthy right when he came in the door. Um, they and, said, and it worked. Can, "Yeah, and let's let's start throwing these high four seamers and let's let's change up the eye levels and this and that." So I, I think they probably have a plan for him. Uh, this is the, this is the last time. Um, honestly that he's on on my list
0: <laughs> I, i'm i'm there too and i i've loved the guy in the past but you know if i go to, i'm going to the well again this year and if it's just another season of blah then yeah at that point i'm like okay you know i i, I got to back off you can you can right. only get burned so many times but the, the talent's intriguing <laughs>
1: but um ivan nova uh has made some um changes to his to his mix uh that i liked um before he uh before he went down. Loved and, him and, last year. Yeah, and and of course some of those changes to his mix may have contributed because I mean he really blew up his curveball usage and uh and was really using a lot. And uh and and to the point where he was kind of equally mixing his curveball sinker and four um and just peppering in uh the changeup. And, you know, while I think that's uh, an interesting way of going about things, and could be useful, and could lead to more strikeouts. It's also uh, potentially dangerous, and he ended up hurting himself. So, so it's uh, he's, I you know where I would like to put Nova is on a on a team where I have like five DL slots. Yes, so, somewhere where you
0: can really stash, stash him. Stash him. Yep, I, um, I agree because he had his surgery late April, so he's going to return in uh, 2015, but you know not going to get a full season by any stretch. All right.
1: Yeah, and I—I I mean, I—I I guess the one we've talked about him. Uh, Minix and I talked about him. Uh, on, um, on uh, Minix and I talked uh, talked about CC. You know, he's lost a lot of weight, and and I honestly, uh, well, actually, I just want to say one thing about Tanaka. Tanaka is great. I love him. Um, and Wainwright did manage to get through a couple years uh, before he went under surgery. So, you know, there's a possibility he's fine this year and maybe next year. He's eventually going to get it. Uh, that risk is just hard to bake in. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of zero or 200 kind of thing. Uh, but CC, on the other hand, it was a knee injury. Uh, he's lost a lot of weight. And if you actually took his name off of his uh, line, um, I think you would uh, think of him as a sleeper. That's fair. I mean, you know, in terms of swinging strike rate above average, strikeout rate above average, great command still there. Look at his pitch per pitch numbers; they're all they're still there. Um, and the slider, you know, that could have been related to his knee. The slider did back up a little bit, but you know, that could be related to his knee. Um, so I've said before that uh, CC is the guy I'll take, especially since you know I think in the um, in the mock, I think I took him as my last pitcher.
0: In the one, in the one we did at Couch Managers.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think you know. Or at least, or maybe I didn't even take him and he didn't even get drafted or something. It was, it was, he was very available very late. And I think my last two pitchers were Chase Anderson and CC.
0: Chase Anderson so. and CC. Uh, no, uh, Jeff got, Jeff got CC. He snaked oh, you. He, and then you did take, you did close with Chase Anderson, though. That was your, that was your last pick. And so that was, I was considering Chase Anderson and CC. I mean, yeah, there, yeah, I'll take CC there. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that was the 24th round of that particular draft. Um, Why not? I mean, like you said, if you look at the numbers, there's there's some things to be interested in. Uh, My picture is not, you know. Sneaky or anything like that. It's Dallin Betances. I love this guy. Um, he has to get the closers role first. I, I understand that they did. They did bring in Andrew Miller. I just I don't think that they're going to give Miller the job though. So I'm betting on Betances. Uh, I think there's a strong chance, a, a real chance that he can be the top closer in 2015. Um, obviously, you don't have to pay that price for him. He's not going to. He's not going to log 90 innings again because closers don't do that. So you, you do have to kind of back things off. But um, I think I asked Mike Gianella from over at BP. He does his own valuations. I said, take off 20 innings, you know, add a run to the ERA, but give him 25 saves. 25. Very conservative. What, what does that do? And I think you said it would have added 3 bucks to his value there. So uh, just a lot to like out of Batances, obviously. But he does need, like Ken Giles, another guy we talked about earlier, Batances needs to prove that his gains with the with the control – were legitimate, you know, because that was another guy who could not find the plate to save his life. Coming up through the minors was a very much heralded prospect, uh, mostly as a starter though. Finally yeah. gets in the bullpen. Finally figures it out. Like you said earlier too, it's much easier to kind of fix the control or, or, or hide it uh, if you do have a bit of a control issue in the bullpen. So all of a sudden he comes in last year has has the solid walk rate uh the elite strikeouts and just was an amazing beast and uh you know like i said not not a sleeper pick or anything crazy like that i'm just going with the kind of obvious one very excited about batances he's the seventh closer off the board right now um i'd probably take him second behind chapman personally
1: yeah he's he's pretty amazing i mean the the few things that could be going against so I think the command thing is a little bit different than Giles because Giles has been a reliever while uh, Patanza's made that change and there's also mechanical reasons why you can uh, be have a better walk rate as a as a reliever because some of the things that happen to starters as they try to go five six innings yes. that that can be, lead to walks in terms of. Um, you know, just getting tired and, and your mechanics falling out of whack or throwing more pitches. If you have to throw three or four different pitches and you can't command uh, third and fourth pitches when you go to the bullpen, um, you're just asked to throw two pitches. Maybe you can command those two. So uh, I think I believe Batanza's walk rates uh, more than more than Joss perhaps. Um Andrew Miller is a lefty. Uh, managers uh, choose righties uh, twice as more, twice as often as lefties uh, in the past to be closers. So exactly. that's And and one of the reasons, the only one of the and Betances, uh I think either equal or, or more velocity. I, I don't know if no, it's really worth checking because I'm not sure that's going to be the, the decider. Um, uh, but Betan- in the we've sat, it's possible that some league some teams. Um, tried to suppress arbitration values by keeping young pitchers out of the closer role. I, I doubt that the Yankees are, 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 are thinking that way um, and then also I mean, you have to admit that even though I've heard from people on the A's no people don't do that you know they signed Doolittle to a cost control deal and like three days and, later then, but, like,
0: oh. yeah exactly I mean so. it's, it's, it's hard to kind of deny <laughs> it um when when you see it kind of play out like that so yeah i understand that is that is a concern i hadn't really thought of that they might try to depress it that way because obviously miller already has the big deal but um obviously it'll be cleared up by the time i hit the draft table for real uh, or at least not maybe not cleared up fully but we'll have an idea uh where batance is going to be slotted so if he gets that closer's role and they don't say committee or anything like that, then b- behind Chapman for me. Um, two, two things to 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 wrap up the Yankees
1: because we do have to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I did some research on what leads to high saves totals. What what's correlated all the to saves totals? Um, uh, Runs scored and bullpen strength uh, were the were pretty much the only two things. Okay. Uh, I think this Yankee lineup is going to be better this year um, and. Wow, what a bullpen! I mean, oh, I yeah. think this is be so a really, really good bullpen. Dylan Betances, Andrew Miller, Adam Warren is is underrated. David Carpenter was one of the better relievers in, in Atlanta. Justin, Justin Wilson's Whitman, underrated too. Yeah, I mean that's a power lefty arm. Um, and Chaz, Chase Whitley for me, he is a, a starter's arsenal. But I I, I like him. Um, uh,
0: I fell for it, him last it, year.
1: I, I think he's still got it. The thing is, he's got a, a below average fastball. In the bullpen, um, maybe it'll play up. Uh, but I think, you know, he's in the mix for the fifth starter role too. So I think he's a deep league uh, reserve round type pick. But anyway, good, good bullpen. Whoever does win the, the closer's job there might get 50 saves this year.
0: Last Yankee question, no 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 exposition on it at all, just an answer. Better Better bounce back option, McCann. Or Beltran? They were both under 100 WRC plus last year. Who who are you betting on?
1: Uh, McCann's younger. Uh, I don't think the shift explains all of his babbitt woes. Um, I I still like him to take
0: advantage of that porch. Uh, I actually like
1: McCann this year.
0: Agreed. Uh, Let's move on to Tampa Bay. My favorite hitter, this one is a bit more off the radar here, it's John Jaso. Um, and it's because he's going to be catcher eligible yet he's going to be dh pretty much maybe not full time, but he's going to be on the strong side of the platoon as a dh roster resource has him slotted in as the as the two hitter. obviously that could be subject to change, but if he's a two hitter getting full time uh, full time ish playing time and not having to catch, I like that you know particularly as a catcher too. You know he's not special by any means, but it's kind of hard to get a decent catcher at the back end. You know, uh, studies have shown that if you're waiting on catcher, if you're kind of punting it till later, the returns are awful there. um, If you're not kind of getting in at least in the middle, if not the upper tier. So for me, it's John Jay. So um, you'll have comment on him, and then give me your hitter.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that was one of my main uh, problems last year in, in ALA. But I did get Derek Norris, and he he did return me some some good value. But the Hank Conger side of the platoon, I mean, it was, you know, I didn't spend much there, but you know, I got nothing. Yeah, you know, I and got-
0: I, I love both of those guys, by the way, last year. So I I I actually learned that 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 data that I cited just this year from the from the twenty fifteen baseball forecaster. Because I've always been a guy who, if I if I can't get my favorite top catcher, then I just wait. I'm not going to wait as much anymore because the returns there are just they're really really bad when you're waiting. What I like
1: to do is, you know, up it. You know, take Derek Norris type as my second catcher. So take like a three, four, five dollar pick as my second type, not a one or two dollar catcher. I exactly. Do not I do not. I don't want. You know, basically, if I have a philosophy um, that you know maybe some people wouldn't agree with it it is this i do not want any one or two dollar uh position players in a in a in a in a a team like al labor
0: well especially because you trust yourself to find the the better one dollar pitchers i assume that plays into it yes yeah but also one or two dollar hitters are terrible garbage they're one or two dollars for a reason
1: they're so bad and you know even prospects like the top prospects because chris list is in that league I never, you can't get them for one or two dollars. I mean, you know, uh, uh they're, you know, list bid, bids those guys up to five, six, seven dollars. Yep. So pay, um, pay that tax. Yeah, I'm not doing that. So I, I have a hard time with this one. Um, it's, uh, you know, Longoria's, uh, his stock has fallen pretty hard. But he's still uh, pretty
0: expensive.
1: Yeah, I don't, and I, and, you know, if he doesn't hit the 30 homers, then he's just kind of like a middling guy with a middling batting average and no secondary sort of skill that really speaks to him. You know, I might take some shots, um, in sort of your 12 team type leagues on Steven Sousa. Okay. uh, Just because I'll know pretty quickly if it's going to work out because, uh, I, I, well, maybe that's not true. Uh, I know pretty quickly if I can move on in a redraft. In a dynasty, you you may want to stick with him for a longer period of time because he's athletic, uh, big guy, and has power and speed. But may have uh, may rush it a little bit at first. May have some contact issues at first. Um, and you know, in a dynasty league, you're going to want to hold on to him for a while to 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 get to that good stuff afterwards. Stick- but in a redraft, I might just stick him out there, hope that he catches fire from the very beginning.
0: And and, you know, just reap the rewards of power and speed. Steamer likes him. Eighteen homers, twenty stolen bases for Steven Souza. So, that's that's a very interesting one. I know he's been a popular sleeper uh, so far this year. You know, kind of kind of an under the radar pick. There are no real quote unquote sleepers anymore. I know, but. so I was going to ask you how you think he, he fares, but since you made him your pick, now I have an idea. Uh, our own Jason Collette just recently drafted him in a mock, in an uh, MLB.com mock that we're doing, 13th round, pick uh, pick four in that round. So it's a 12-team mixer, so that's going to be, what's that, 140, pick 148. How do you feel about that about that price? he obviously reached a little bit on him uh, admittedly you know he 's a Tampa Bay guy for sure, but how do you feel about that that valuation there
1: Well, I took uh, souza fourth i 'm just going to pronounce him different every time I say his name
0: <laughs> I, I uh, like that one, idea one of them will be right <laughs> I think it's souza, but i i 'm open to being wrong well uh steamer
1: who who likes him. Um, has him pretty far down. I can't even count uh, necessarily what it is, um, what what the ranking number is. But um, it, it puts him um, around uh, Carl Crawford, uh, Lorenzo Cain, Austin Jackson, Alex Rios, Josh Reddick, ahead of Dexter Fowler, ahead of Will Myers, um, Alejandro daza So in the kind of uh, – not – I bet you um, he – that uh he took him more in uh the Brett Gardner Brandon Moss and Spahn uh territory.
0: I can tell you uh, who was who was around there. Um, it was Brandon Moss, Ben Revere, AJ Pollock, uh Polanco, Charlie Blackman, those were those were the outfielders closest to him. Okay, so uh, by
1: steamer uh, there's about 20 players between Moss and Sosa. Okay. Uh but i mean uh sometimes you gotta i mean each draft is different i I'd love to collect It doesn't matter what what I think of his pick but uh i but I picked him as a sleeper, so i like him but uh I'd rather pay for steamer prices and I'd rather pay um you know fif 18th round pick uh stuff but uh,
0: you know. Well, and in this draft, at least in what I've noticed, it's a bunch of industry folks that they'll go out for their guy a little bit. You know, if you, if you kind of like that, that up and comer, you have to go out and get him in this, in this draft a couple rounds early.
1: Sometimes, it, I'm not saying that this is his thought process, but it, 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 when you are in those things, you, you kind of attach yourself to certain players. It, exactly. Attaching exactly. Your Basically, in these drafts, it's almost like a, a public. You know, here it's public sleeper list almost because you're yep. like, here are the guys I like, and I'm going to go and just get the guys I like, especially if it's a snake thing. If it's an auction thing, it's a little bit more technical, but they don't really do um, mock auctions because they take forever. And exactly. So people don't
0: want to sit down for that. Fantasy411.mlblogs.com. You can follow along with that draft, and you're exactly right there with regards to kind of how it's treated. Todd Zola's made mention of that. Colette last year took. Um Carlos Gomez I believe with the fifth pick kind of doing that same thing saying hey This is my first round guy after the established guys are are gone And I'm kind of putting my flag into this guy here I'd prefer him at 10 or whatever, but I'm going to take him at five. So I agree with you there Um, let's go to the pitchers my favorite pitcher at at the current cost is is chris archer I kind of like their whole rotation there. It's a really interesting rotation because they're kind of similar guys in terms of their overall value with Archer Cobb, uh, Smiley, you know, they're just really interesting kind of that not elite tier, but, but all pretty solid. I, I just really like Archer. I love watching him pitch. I, I, I think there's some really impressive stuff there. Um, he's had two great seasons, so it's hard to say that he's going to get better with regards to ERA, but I could see him improving the whip. It was 128 last year. And honestly, I think as he gets better, he could definitely take a strikeout step forward because I think the stuff is better than the, the eight eight strikeouts per nine that we saw last year.
1: Yeah, I think they, what's missing is still the same thing. I mean, I just uh, – he's the change. Uh, he threw it a little bit more, but um, it's just not uh, necessarily getting much better. Mm. Uh, I mean, I guess near the end of the last season – the, he got some of the best whiff rates he'd ever gotten but um if you look at it as a year um uh, he still hasn't pushed the change up to um uh to average in terms of whiff rates so uh but you know he did make some progress he got it up to eleven and a half which is almost average and um i want to see here if he affected the uh the movement on it much not the horizontal movement maybe he got some more drop on it uh yeah he got he got, actually got uh Almost an inch more drop on the changeup. So, so ho-
0: hopefully they're cultivating that with him because that would be nice. Honestly, my favorite pitcher on that team is Cobb. But, it, but yeah. when we're talking about costs, Cobb's the 20th awesome. guy off the board. Archer's the 47th starter off the board. So for me it was Archer based on the cost. Who do you like um, among their pitchers?
1: I might. I, I like Cobb. I, I'll, I'll spend a, a – I do a lot of um, – in, in mixed leagues, I do a lot of uh, try to buy, buy two number twos that could be
0: ones. Yes, and I, uh, I think he could be one. I, I I love Cobb, to be honest.
1: Yeah, so I, I even actually did that a little bit in, in labor last year. I took Sonny Gray and Alex Cobb as my uh, two pitcher investments.
0: You could do that again this year and it would work. They're, they're going right by each other, 19 and 20 in NFBC drafts right now.
1: Yeah, I did, well, I, only, I paid like 16 and $17 for them last year, so I think that's...
0: I guess they're going to be more this year, yeah, for, especially for AL only. I, I forgot uh, about that.
1: Fine-tune new guys. But in general, yeah, that's the sort of thing I would do. I, and I probably wouldn't uh, do it as much having learned a little bit more about Gray this year. But Cobb, I think uh, I remain the same place. Um, I guess endings are a concern, you know, I- injuries and endings. Um,
0: He's had some freak injuries, though, getting blasted with the ball.
1: Like yeah. repeatedly,
0: he was on MLB Network talking about how he's got a magnet for the ball. I mean, he's been hit, said, he said, from head to toe just kind of throughout his career. So, yeah, that, that, that part is worrisome. He, he still doesn't have even a 170-inning season. Last year's 166 was a career best, but two seasons now of uh, 276 and 287 ERA. Strikeouts are solid, doesn't walk guys. Just a lot to like with that guy. So I, you- I, I like that pick. If you call uh, his
1: his splitter a changeup, um, you yeah. know the research I did. The changeup was the healthiest pitch to throw a lot of, uh, but it's a splitter, and and I wrote a whole piece in the Harbaugh Times are an annual. And there's definitely no consensus about whether or not the splitter hurts. Um, so, and, and his injuries haven't been necessarily to the arm. He throws that change up he calls it a super a super sinker mm-hmm. um and uh and so he do, he he thinks of it almost as a fastball when he throws it he throws it almost 40% of the time so he's a crazy pitcher uh i really enjoyed talking to him and i think um you know i think he's uh i think he's got the talent and you know at 27 years old i don't think we need to talk about um him being broken down yet mm-hmm. um, And the year that he does have the 190-200 inning season is going to be sigh-worthy.
0: It's going to be special, yeah. So um, I actually have one more question about Tampa because we kind of covered the other two. I was going to ask you about uh, Souza being a popular sleeper. How do you see him? And then who do you like to become a fantasy ace between Cobb, Smiley, and Archer? We've answered that. It's Cobb. So the last question then, the closer while Jake McGee is out is going to be Brad Boxberger, Kevin Jepsen, or Ernesto Frieri, and then on top of that, do you think whomever it is can rest the job away from him? Um, you know, I, we don't even know exactly how long he's going to be out. But let's just say, do you think that any any amount of time, if it's a two-week stint, let's say two weeks or more, can whoever takes that job be so good that they that they would rest the job away from him? Because he is a lefty. We, we talked about lefty bias when it comes to starters – or uh, closers, rather. So how do you feel about that that Boxberger-Jepson-Friere trio? I think it's really funny.
1: There's this guy, Jeremy Greenhouse, who's now uh, employed by the Cubs. And he used to write at a website called Baseball Analysts, um, where uh, he wrote. And Mike Fast wrote a little bit there. And it was a fun site. And, and Jeremy Greenhouse wrote this thing that I've, I've been trying to do ever since, honestly. And it's, it's a testament to how smart he is now, dumb I am. Um, he, he, he wrote about a, a stuff metric. And so he basically uh, tried to use uh, X and Y uh, movement and velocity uh, to, to, to talk about stuff and, and to come up with a number that was independent of results. And one of the names that flew to the top of his list was Jepson. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, <laughs> three, four years later, this idiot... Um, you know, who the writer idiot, uh, trying to try to do his best, uh, uh, while the analyst has gone, um, underneath the hood, uh, and and and, uh, you know, doesn't give him any more help, um, has found that Jepsen absolutely has, uh, some super interesting things going on with his stuff. And, um, he's got, uh, when I did my curveball piece where I was looking at interesting curveballs, mm-hmm. uh, he, he has a really hard curveball. Uh, 83 and a half miles an hour average um, is is second only
0: to the Kimbrel, I think. And gets a ridiculous doesn't he get a ridiculous ground ball rate with it too? I I just read that that piece of yours today. Um, uh, so it
1: gets a, a 15% uh, swing strike rate, which is great. Um, and then it gets a 77% ground ball rate. So yeah, it's his curveball is nice. And um, he throws ninety-five, and you know, over the few years, he's he's managed to corral what isn't, uh, I would say, uh, great command. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I absolutely believe in him, and okay. you know, I, I think uh, he's my guy there. Boxburger is great too. Um, Definitely, his, his, you know, his is is a more balanced arsenal um, with less uh, less velocity, and um, uh, but then. I think uh, if there has been a team that might be um, uh, cheapskate um, <laughs> and might uh, want to manipulate uh, service time, I'd say I'd say it might be the Rays because you just watched what's been going on with Jake McGee his whole life. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you know, we thought that guy was closer a million times over, and as much as I like Boxburger, uh, Jepsen's the guy who's closer to free agency or, or might even. It might be a free agent next year and so uh, you know they can pump him up give him saves and either trade him or, or let him go
0: that's that's really interesting uh, Jepsen was a guy who i was on years ago uh thinking <laughs> that he was going to become something then he didn't i completely quit him he comes around last year has a nice season now he's with tampa bay and, and there's a little bit of a door opening here, or daylight, as you like to call it. Um, and, and there this could be a chance for him to maybe do something and, and be more of an impact fantasy guy. So that's going to be really interesting. Let's move on to Toronto and close up close up shop here. Um, my favorite hitter, this one's super simple, so I'm not even really going to get too deep into it. I just, I just love Edwin Encarnacion. I think he's a first-round pick. Um, it doesn't necessarily cost you a first-round pick either. I mean, he, he's kind of going in that back end if you're like in a 15-teamer. But uh, I just think he's such a beast. I I, I love the guy. So um, not a deep dive there, not somebody. Sorry, it's not somebody that's you know rising on draft boards that you can go put a little star by. But I just I love the guy, and I still think he's going to be a stud. Nice thing
1: is he's two years younger than Joey Bats, um, and uh, you know in terms of similar power hitters, mm-hmm. um, you know on the same team, say, taking advantage of the same par factors. Uh, has been healthier than joey bats um so i think that that's a right there those two things are enough for me to take him ahead of joey bats um and so therefore he's he's going to be the, the sleeper on this team um you know devon travis at second is the only guy that could that could you know leap out of that packed pack and do something interesting fantasy wise um i don't i don't like any of the other second baseman they've got um uh, I think uh, – I really like Josh Donaldson going into this year. I love him too. Yeah. yeah
0: so yeah, we,
1: this, uh, this is the year he's going to hit 30 homers. Okay. Uh,
0: that, that, I, I hate to cut you off, but I, I, I want to loop in the question then because I do have – I had one a, a question solo for him. And you answered it, but but we're going to deep dive a little bit more. I was going to ask you if he sets a career high in homers. He's got a four seventy five slug on the road with 21.5 homers – excuse me, at-bats per homer and it was 442 and 26.6 at home. His home run park factor shifts from 87 to 129. So you have Josh Donaldson for his first 30 homer season? Because I was surprised to see that neither the fans nor Steamer were particularly high on him uh, with regards to his home runs this year. They they got 26 for Steamer, 28 for the fans, and he hit 29 last year. And I absolutely think he can be uh, a 30-plus guy. Yeah, just
1: he's – He's, he's been he's, he's just been I, it might be biased I watched a lot of him and I watch mm-hmm. a lot of BP where you see a lot of um, you know them selling out uh, for fun um, but it's still relevant I mean you can look at prospect write-ups by Kylie McDaniel and he'll and say you know I think he has this great raw power but I've only seen in-game and I haven't confirmed it in BP so BP actually is a measure of raw power and um, you know, having watched Donaldson in VP, he had the raw power to, to sit there and whack homers that were as long as Wayne Cespedus and whack homers that were as long as, as uh, Adam Dunn when he came in and uh, Brandon Moss. Brandon Moss. When he came in. Yeah. So when those guys were having VP, I, I was watching, I was enjoying mm-hmm. it. They were walloping the ball. So, you know, I guess people just sort of look at, you know, if you don't cross that magical 3 0. Uh, you know, threshold. I think people say, "Oh, here's a guy. He's nice. He hits 20 homers. An okay, average. You know, he's he's nice, but no, he's a friggin' stud. He he's is. A, he's a big boy. And if you look at that leg kick too hard, and you say, "Oh, he doesn't make contact." No, no, no. His strikeout rates are good. His his kick is for the power, and uh, and he's really really good with the bat path. He he mimics pitches like almost as well as Adrian Beltre who is another guy who you know looks like he should sweat, strike out more than he does. So uh, Josh Donaldson told me he 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 based a lot of his game on Adrian Beltre.
0: Oh wow. How high would you take him? Right now at NFBCs he's averaging the 25th pick off the board which I feel is an absolute absolute steal. Too low.
1: Too low. Uh, he's a he's an end of the first rounder. He's a he's a turn guy for me. Agreed. He's, he's, you know, top 20 for sure.
0: And I and I would do an Encarnacion Donaldson turn to be honest. If if that was made available to me, I would definitely do that. Oh,
1: God, you just—that's so much power there. I mean, it lets you do so much later. I mean, it lets you get a Gardner type later. You know, mm-hmm. you get it lets you get a, a Bourne type at the end, uh, at the very end. So, I mean, that's just that's dripping power right there. I mean, it'd be an amazing turn. I mean, first base, third base. I know that those aren't scarce positions, but. It lets you do a lot of playing around later on.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk some pitchers here. Um, I like Marcus Stroman. Uh, I know. Join the freaking club because everyone likes him. I, I got that. That's fine. I, I fell in love with him last year at, at Arizona Fall League. He panned yep, out. We're
1: watching him. Yeah, we watched him. What? No. Was it last year?
0: It, I think he was there in 2013, no?
1: Yeah.
0: And last uh, year
1: is, is is twice over. Yeah, I wasn't here. 2014 but i was there 2013 watching him with you yeah yeah,
0: yeah and and the stuff was unbelievable it was a deep arsenal you know everyone talks about the height i don't care you know it, it obviously it can be a detractor it can, it can hurt guys sometimes but uh it, it hasn't hurt him and obviously they're keeping him as a starter so don't have to worry about him relieving i think there's um There was a shift in season and he became a ground ball master when he discovered the, the, a sinker and it was just really impressive what this guy was able to do. I think there's room for plenty of growth here. This 20, 20 20.8 strikeout percentage, even if he only stayed at that with the 54% ground ball, I'd still be happy, but I think he can maintain the ground balls and still add to the strikeouts. I just think there's a lot of room for growth here. Probably won't all come at once at age 24 and in just his first full season, but even incremental growth excites me a lot from this guy. I, I love Marcus Stroman. I, I can't help it. Plus, he's, his personality is awesome, and I know that doesn't matter at all for fantasy. But it's cool to like the guys that you're that you're putting on your roster too. I'll put some douchebags on my teams. I, I got no problem with that. But when they're also cool, it's pretty awesome.
1: Stroman, you know, Arsenal score loves him. Uh, the curve, the change, the cutter, three pitches, all way above average. Um, you know, uh, 94 mile an hour velocity, and then Sullivan wrote a great piece about him adding a two seamer, which is wicked. Uh, so this is this is a five pitch pitcher with control. I mean, and velocity.
0: What? Yeah. What, what else do you need? Yeah. It's, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. That. Not, by the way, the fact that he could emerge along with the two stalwarts, Dickey and Burley, like you said, that's that's another reason I love your shields so much because then they don't have to rely on Stroman to take the step forward. And, and then if he does take a big step forward, it, it's more of a bonus at that point. So yeah. uh, it's just another reason why I, I like that call from you, and I hadn't really thought about it. Who, who's your pitcher on this club? And it, it can be Stroman, and we can move on if you want. But if you want to point out someone else, feel free.
1: Um, no, I like Norris, but uh, we talked about the elbow surgery. It makes me worry about what they're going to do with him. Um, I like Hutchinson a lot, uh, and um, – you know, I, I think uh, Arsenal score once again likes him. I don't know why uh, he's had the homer problem. Um, I think it has something to do with that slider. Uh, but Sullivan once again wrote about him and said that the slider is uh, uh, going to be a big deal for him. Um, so I, I, I think the new slider, the new harder slider, is going to is actually going to um, be a big deal for him. Maybe it let him avoid some of those homers that with the slider and the change. He already has two above average pitches, above average velocity. Um, you know, so and, and good command. Um, so I don't know w- why um, there have there is a homer issue there that mitigates his, his, him a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of a sleeperness. But and because he's in Toronto, he, he, it may just be the home park or whatever. But he's had a couple issues in the minors too. So I think um, I, I'll take him for strikeouts, I'll take him for a sort of SP4, SP5 sort of situation. I also just love the heck out of Brett Cecil. I hope they don't, um, you know, sign anybody to close. Um, Brett Cecil goggles, um, so good, best curveball uh, by the metrics um, in baseball. So uh, there's, this is a guy that you know they wanted him to. He was a college closer. They tried to make him into starter, didn't quite work out. Uh, he's back to where he needs to be. He's going to close, I think um Cecil and Strowman are going to be uh hopefully on my AL Davis squads
0: I I like where your head's at there with everything you said from Hutchison all the way to Cecil let's cover let's finish up with a couple questions on this club Dalton Pompey had a five-level season last year. If you count AFL, it's still a four-level season. If you don't count it, how good is he in 2015? In your estimation, because uh, Steamer projections aren't too high, and neither are the fans really. Yet that's not how I've seen it play out in drafts. I'm see I'm seeing some excitement around him in drafts that that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it. To be honest, I, I have not given him a lot of thought to consider one way or the other. I did see him in AFL, but um, you know, and he looked perfectly fine. But not somebody I'm overly excited on. How do you feel about Dalton Pompey?
1: I think you know. I think that Michael Saunders is probably a better corner outfielder,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, I think Kevin Pillar is probably a better backup outfielder. Um, he's a right-hander, 26, took a long time to get through the minor leagues, has done some nice things in the minor leagues, but um, when he got to the major leagues, had a lot more problems making contact than any of the minors. So I, I would rather um, that uh, Kevin Pillar uh, platooned with somebody um, and maybe it was a backup, you know, for, for fourth outfielder type. So there's just a real opportunity. I mean, it's just – and I think that's why people are as excited about him as much as the talent. So – I think opportunity is almost half the picture in fantasy, and uh, he, it's just a gaping hole there for him. I do want to see more contact out of him. The, the minor league, the minor league profile that he showed it could really go either way in terms of, of contact. but in his five level um, 2014, four of the five levels, he showed better strikeout rates than, than his league. So you know, if he can just get back to you know 21, 22 percent, I don't see why he needs to have a 288 BABIP and have a 235 batting average so um, I'll be more along with the the fans in terms of having an above average BABIP and a 250 type batting average um, power remains to be seen but 250 20 steals that's that's a deep leaguer to me I mean Michael Bourne's probably going to cost a lot less and be you know have a higher floor um, yeah. and more likely to hit his floor so if I'm in a deep league I might take Bourne over, over Pompey but the shallower league, but then you know,
0: are you really? I as a bench play in a shallower league, I like him because it, you could kinda- replace him easily. I, I see what you're saying there, because that what yeah. what you what you stopped yourself. You're about to say in a shallower league, is he even worth it? But yeah, right. if, if, if 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 he is in play there and it's a shallower league, I would lean toward the guy who could be more of a big ticket item, because then there's going to be a born clone or, or something useful to yeah. replace him with.
1: Honestly, yeah, because Bourne, yeah, is a little bit more replaceable. So, yeah, I guess in a shallower league, I'd rather take the lotto ticket. And uh, if it's not looking good in the early season, I can probably even go get Bourne, you know, if, if he is actually exactly. stealing bases.
0: <laughs> um, does Justin Smoke intrigue you at all? Obviously, the ballpark is fantastic. We've talked about that. But 28 now, uh, the the next Mark Teixeira has not come to pass for him. How do you feel about that that move there?
1: Well it is nice to use projection systems in this case because he's he, he he's going from a one park factor to another park factor and if you try to do that in your head you're just going to be like he's going to hit all the homers. <laughs> um so you know 240 with 16 homers you know he's a switch hitter it's 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 unclear which side they're going to use um yeah. and uh it, it's a big deal um you know it's a big deal depending on which side they use. Could he uh,
0: play second base? They have an opening there. They have for the last 47 <laughs> years, it seems, since Roberto Alomar. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you might have already answered this because you already mentioned how you felt about Saunders a little bit, but uh, between the two, who's your favorite Seattle pickup that they got this year then? Would it be Saunders or, or do you like uh, Smoke a little better? I'll take, I'll take
1: Saunders because – uh, Saunders has more five category uh floor in
0: and, terms of and a more you know. firm role.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not even sure exactly um, you know, how this is gonna to work out for uh to smoke, you know. So I, I, I'll take Saunders. I actually kinda like Saunders uh as a bat, and I might take Saunders over Pompeii just because you know, there's just uh more track record and I would you for know, sure definitely a higher floor so all right but I guess right now we have uh, smoke as the uh, starting first baseman
0: so starting first baseman over edwin Encarnacion? Well, or Encarnacion have, at dh cuz okay yeah. roster resource has Diana navarro being the, the full time dh and on it first, then smoke on the bench, so yeah that, there's there's some machinations that can still play out there where smoke would get oh, more playing sense. time He's bad over Deano Navarro, I think I, I agree. I think they're just putting him there because he, he played a lot of d h last year yeah, true, so i I, I mean I, I don't know if, if there's any word on that yet we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, last question here y- you've already talked about the other two, so I'm just going to narrow it down to the last young guy we haven't really spoken about Aaron Sanchez. Um, very intriguing for sure but I'm not sure what the role is for 2015 um, and that's obviously going to determine his fantasy value but how do you feel about him let's talk short term only because obviously long term there's a lot of upside but how do you feel about him coming into this season after a big 2014 that saw him uh, finishing in the bullpen for the club and and succeeding pretty well I mean he's a he's a a textbook case of not being able to command his secondary pitches
1: and going to the bullpen and having better outcomes because he didn't have to work on commanding his, his for example, his changeup. He didn't throw many of them, but half of them were balls, and that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of movement, uh, his change is good. It's very good. So he still has the, the ability to, to start. I mean, it has uh, two inches more fade than his sinker. Uh, it has two inches more drop than a sinker. It's above average uh, when you look at it against league average. It goes almost 10 miles an hour slower than a sinker. Um, you know, the curve is, is nice. That's the one he used a little bit more in the bullpen. Uh, but between the three of them, he has amazing stuff. He has really great stuff. And if he can harness the change, he can still be a starter. I know that they probably want him to. I know that um, other people want them to for for value purposes too. So. Mm-hmm. um he just, just remains a really hard guy to decide. I, I do think that he's probably either the fifth starter or the closer, though. So um, he does that does make him an interesting pickup in almost every league.
0: It, it really does. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about him. This whole club has a lot of intrigue that I'll be looking forward to this year. Um, I was going to say one other thing. Back. Oh, have you seen the Sandlot? Uh,
1: the movie? Not recently, oh, Okay. I
0: mean, I- then it might not play in your head especially if you don't really know what he looks like but aaron sanchez looks like the rich kid douche who uh you know comes in and trades barbs with hamilton porter and then they play the play the rich team it, <laughs> it, it's been running on mlb network recently love that movie oh, yeah, I totally and know. and i you know i saw it it was on last night and it reminded me again i remember it, that 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 comparison hit me during the season um, when I saw uh, him pitching, but then it hit me again yesterday, and I meant to tweet it out. He is so that that kid. He looks exactly like him. It's hilarious to me, but uh, that, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, next next time out, I don't know what division we're going to start with, but uh, we're going to continue our team previews, and we'll see how the news goes. What have you got coming up with regards to your work? Any Any pieces that you're working on?
1: Uh, well, I'm, I'm just excited to finally talk to players again, so yep. I,
0: I, that's what I'm focused on. And FanGrass Plus uh, comes out uh, Monday or Tuesday. You've been busting your hump on that, I know. How about that Mike Fires piece that uh, you and I spoke about offline? Uh, have, you, have you finished that yet?
1: Yeah, it's up right now. Oh, and, excellent! Uh, I'll have to go find all it. About, uh, all about uh, hitting the inside corner, uh, actually the the outside corner. Hitting the outside corner with his fastball after he moved uh, on the rubber. So,
0: excellent. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at Enoceris and at Sporer. Uh, we'll answer questions there. Also on the post, uh, the Rotographs post. If you want to just put a question in there, we'll get to it. Uh, other than that, we'll talk again next Tuesday. You know, how's that sound? Sounds good. Perfect. Talk to you then.